You're listening to a message from one of our recent chosen gatherings. Yeah, we want to have it uh, introduce my beautiful wife, Cammie, and all that she brings, and greetings. And... Oh, it's such a blessing to be here with everybody. We um, just, I want to thank your team, Julie. Every year you do such a beautiful job, and I know how much work it is. And I want to thank our team for coming and uh, alongside and helping. You know... Uh, yesterday, I was so convicted because it, we're in this 10 days of awe, and I'm using it as a time for reflection. And, you know, sometimes I just get so sick of my soulish self, you know. Have you ever felt like that, you know? And, uh, you know, and you, there's things in, in the Lord you want transformed. And I'm going to tell you, one of the things that bothers me about me is how I get out of that expectancy because all the cares of this world, you know, come in and choke whatever it was that God said and all I'm doing is running around worrying about everything and trying to fix everything and you know how it goes and pretty soon you're not in the spirit at all. Well, yesterday in the hotel, this woman comes up from behind me and she gives me this gigantic bear hug and I just assumed in my mind it had to be somebody from Chosen. And then I turned around and totally shocked her. And she was like, oh, my gosh, I thought you were my sister. And <laughs> it's not her at all. So then she had to go find her sister and show me how we all looked the same. And we all had to put our glasses on together and look at each other. And, and then I'm kind of like, oh, wow. Oh, you know, the revelation's coming that, oh, my gosh, if you thought I looked like you, all I am is this old woman, you know? So, oh, dear. But <laughs> the thing is, I, you know, we had a nice little chat. And then I told Steve later, I was like, wow, that was so profound because would, you know, I'm just really, the Lord convicted me because if I saw my sister someplace, I said, you know, I wouldn't be going up and giving her a huge hug. You know what I'd be doing? And what'd you say to me? You'd be mad at her. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's true. We've been with my sister quite a bit recently. But, yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and she's, Cammie's the firstborn and her dad's 85 and going through some of the loss of memory and capacity to take care of himself and his her sister lives in another state so everybody's always expecting cammy to be doing everything but that but, uh, but i'm just explaining why that, you're mad at yeah, yeah i'm always you know bossing her around but i think it's it is just that place where we want to just stay expectant of what mm -hmm. the Lord wants because then we can truly live in the moment mm -hmm. and not miss where he's at. And I believe you are in such a moment in time. Last night, Steve came home, and he, not came home, but we went to the hotel, and he was saying to me, Wow, look what they're doing. This is so exciting. They're systematically surrounding Parliament. They think they're this church that doesn't have a building, but this is so cool. They should go to their owner and see how many buildings they could get everywhere. And I was like, wait, <laughs> I don't know that they want any of your help on this matter. I'm sorry to but, <laughs> but 
I believe God has an assignment yep. that you don't even see. Everybody. And it's kind of like David. You know, he goes and totally takes Goliath out when he thinks he's just someplace delivering cheese. So I believe as you just continue on, and even as we come and help you, uh, we're doing a, a supernatural job that we don't understand. Boy, I agree. I agree. I agree. Well, we want to bring up our team so you get a chance to meet them and know who they are because... So come on up, everybody. Also, hey, come everybody, everybody, come on up. Also, at the end of this service, I believe what God wants to do in this session is actually just kind of do the exchange work of freedom, massive freedom and new, newness. So they're all going to be available for prayer afterwards. So I'm going to introduce Diana. Diana, come on up, and I want you to introduce the team. Diana Anderson is our worship pastor, and we are thrilled. And she organizes the team and all the details and carries London in her heart probably better than any of us. So thank you, Diana. So I get to be with family every year. That's how I feel. And the first time we did this, the first time we brought a Liberty team was five years ago. And as soon as I got home, I just got in front of our church and I said, you guys, you're going to love them. You're going to love them. They're amazing. And you came and our church has embraced you and we have become family. And for those of you who don't know, one of our elders who just passed away last year, Marilyn Norda, she was a total forerunner apostle and she knew Julie and she said, you must meet this this man. And she went to Steve and she said, you must meet this woman and, and connected them. And they followed through with that and built a relationship that has now been some 20, yeah, 20 years, 20 I, years, I believe. And in that, um, we were sharing the other night that what Julie has called to herself is in her prophetic apostolic anointing is 20 years ago, she reached out and said, Lord, bring Jubilee to London. She wasn't speaking of us. She was speaking of liberty. Yeah. And so we are here now as Jubilee Church as a prophetic sign of what your pastor called to your nation. Yeah. And we are here to serve not just Commonwealth, not just the Prayer Foundation, but the call of UK yeah. in the world system, in what God is establishing on the earth for Great Britain. And the fact that we are two weeks out now from Brexit, three, Three weeks out from Brexit, right now is such a pivotal moment. The fact that you are here in Westminster Palace, in the Palace of Westminster, right here, right now. So much of this moment is prophetic, and we are so honored as a team to be here, to serve alongside of you, to call your nation into its promise. So thank you. I'm just going to introduce my team, and we'll give it back. On the end, we have Brendan Escovito. The second, their family does a lot of numbers. And Peter Michael Escovito, the fifth. <laughs> we have Jack and Karen Pattison. We have Eric Moser and Norco Moser. We have Peter Michael Escovito, the fourth, and his beautiful bride, Noelle. We have Yolanda Zismukes. Brenda Benelli, Janet Corbett, Rebecca Hall, and David Castle. Um, 
who has been here on a Liberty team before to Chosen? Okay, uh, and who's been here more than once? How many times have you been, David? This is David's fourth time. This is my fifth. So we love you. We embrace you with all of our hearts. We feel embraced by all of you, and we're so grateful to be in the family of God together, bringing forth destiny, calling forth identity. We are chosen. Don't yes. miss it. Yes. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. I, I want to ask Norco to share a little bit about what we brought and about the word of the Lord that's resting over all of us. And I'll be back up. Okay, awesome. I'm just going to move your Bible just really quick. Okay. Whoever that is. Hey, everyone. So I'm Noriko and uh, beautiful chosen one. So good to see you. So we've heard the sound going out about expectancy and just two words. Okay. Suddenlies. Be expectant for your suddenlies and Jubilee freedom. So first, I want to introduce Pastor Steve Books. So I'm the Jubilee uh, communications director. Sounds so fancy, right? Basically, I just do a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and, for, and I get to edit Pastor Steve and all his wonderful writings. So, um, yay! So the thing is, this book, Speckle from God, it is a prophetic sign and wonder, and I encourage you to get it. It's only five pounds out there. And I'll say his other books really quick. But literally, this was downloaded, uh, dictated from heaven to Pastor Steve back in 2001. And it was published in a little paper booklet and then kind of died. You know, like those seeds in your life, they just die. And you're like, hmm, forgotten or seemingly forgotten. And then, um, so in the last year, I, I've ghostwritten for a lot of Christian authors and Pastor Steve's like, can you ghostwrite for me? And I'm like, oh, I tried. And the Lord was like, no, you, you have your own voice, Pastor Steve, to release and I can edit, but what have you. And then we're kind of back and forth, back and forth, contention. It wasn't that bad, but anyway. Um, the struggle, the struggle is real. Anyway, it wasn't that, that bad again. But <laughs> so right before London, everything seemed impossible. And there was another book we were maybe going to put out and it was like, no. And we're like, ah, just let it go. And then he gave me the little booklet. Hey, just read it. And within the space of three days, um, we just, it got published. We just like, I just did some final edits. There was an initial original editor on it. But really, it's because this message is for now. It is a Kairos time, like we've heard. And it is, it is a sign and a wonder that the things you think are impossible, God can resurrect in a day, literally. And not just for those of you writers, but you scribes, you've heard it said that the Holy Spirit would release writings where you would, would <laughs> write a book in a day. This literally almost happened in a day from, from the from the release of like, okay, let's go for it. And it happened before London, which we thought, no way, no way, with schedules and et cetera. So uh, just be ready for your suddenlies and get the book too, because it's a prophetic allegory of what's going on these days. Okay, really, really, you'll find yourself in it and you'll be like, oh, Lord, but also really encouraged. Okay, so that's five pounds. Yay. Now for, for 17 pounds, you can get all his books, River of Forgiveness, Saved Your Seat, and whatever I win. Now, I'm from Los Angeles, born and raised, so I say, like, whatever I win. But that's the Valley Girl accent that I, that I grew up with. All right, great. So, please, so 17 pounds for all four books. Yay. All right, so that's the suddenly sound. And really quick, the sound of Jubilee Freedom. So, <laughs> so this year, I turned 50, just like six weeks ago. Woo! Yeah, woo! Thank you, Jesus, to still be alive for this time. So Jubilee, as you know, you know, from Leviticus 25 and just the sound of Jubilee freedom is what God is releasing over each one of you at this time. So Jubilee, uh, Leviticus 25, that basically 
prisoners set free, inheritances and lands returned. You get to be returned to your family. And basically those things that have died, it's like God's saying like all debts canceled, first of all, and come into the new. So that's what's happening in this time, this Jubilee freedom time. So the thing about this mantle really quickly, because even Rod the other night at this Wednesday prayer thing, he said something about tailor-made, tailor-made things for this time. Well, um, when I turned 50, my good friend uh, was very nervous, but she listened to the Lord. She wanted to make a mantle for me or just a kimono top. I love butterflies, transformation. We did have the super bloom this year and thousands upon thousands of butterflies came all over California, the monarchs. And so it was a prophetic sign, okay? But then she made this and, she's, and the Lord told her literally the measurements to make it. And she didn't know. And she's like, are you sure this material, it's thick? Like Noriko's this like little, you know, this little flitty dancer, like it should be gossamer and everything. And the Lord's like, no, it's sturdy and durable for the new season and all she's walked through. And I'm saying this, you guys, here with your spirit, okay, for you and your new mantle God is giving. Okay, so, and then, so it was 50 inches across and literally the Lord told her, it's like Ezekiel 44 and all those like detailed measurements, like why Lord, why so many measurements? But it's like the Lord has tailor-made your journey, your story and your testimony of Jesus and it's coming forward now with more power than ever because it is a Kairos time. So this is a Jubilee freedom. Can I just pray it or wait or, okay. Will you guys just receive, open your hearts to receive what the Lord has for you because he does have a deposit for each one of you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for everyone in this room. Thank you, God, that you have tailor-made their journey and you are calling them into jubilee freedom. At this time, there's no mistake that each one of them is here. I thank you, God, that you are bringing recompense and restoration like never before. That these are not just hype words or words. And those who have heard, hear these words of Kairos moment and of, oh, the suddenlies, and, and it seems like you're jaded and just so disappointed, the Lord says that now you can come out of hiding. So I call you out of hiding in the name of Jesus. I call you out of those places of disappointment and the rags that have just come upon you like just, just pauper's rags. And they're off. They were broken off. Those garments of the enemy that tried to shut down your hearing and your seeing, they have been shut taken off and shut down and now you receive the new mantles. Be expectant over these next couple days to receive the mantles for you, the mantle for you going forward into this new era, Kairos moment, not just a season, but an era, this kingdom moment of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost that we are in. Call forth your inheritance, declare and decree because the Lord will be depositing into you all that he has always said. His promises are yes and amen and as a seed falls to the ground and dies, it gets resurrected into many seeds to bless many. So everything you had died to, I now call forth into gain in Jesus. Everything that was lost, I now call into gain in Jesus. You are free, church. You are free, chosen. You are free indeed because it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. So do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. I just release jubilee freedom in the name of Jesus. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Norco. Wow. Isaiah 35, welcome chosen. You are chosen. Literally, you're here because you were chosen. Many were called, few were chosen. So don't look around and go, gosh, where did everybody else go? It's because you heard and kept responding, kept saying yes. You've said yes way long. How many have, how many have known the Lord more than five years? Yeah, right. It's not like the beginners. This is the redeemers. We're in the redeemers club now. Without getting into theology, God always is opening my mind because the circumstances of life wants to shut you down, like Cammie was saying, we just get overwhelmed. And one day he said to me, did you know 
I only redeem sons. You don't redeem slaves. You buy them and sell them. I, I called you out of slavery. I saved you, but I'll redeem you as a son, which then gave me hope because I realized, wow, so there's a second chance. <laughs> there's, the next, there's the completion of the journey to a new place. And I want to give you a picture. And we had a, in a prayer, God said he was going to release tennis shoes, new tennis shoes, joy shoes, peace shoes, going out with joy. And I'd already knew I was going to start in Isaiah 35. So let me just read the last few verses and then show something really cool. Isaiah 35, verse 8, 9, and 10. And this is something we began years ago to have this vision between the UK and the United States of going back and forth, the highway of holiness. It says, a highway shall be there and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness, which all, all of us know that's Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Everything in the scripture is Jesus. Jesus is the word. Everything points to him. It testifies of him, and it's to bring us to him. And if it doesn't bring us to him, it's a distraction. It's, about, it's information that we're thinking we could perfect ourselves with, but everything is to bring us to Jesus, because if we see with our eye, hear with our ear, understand with our heart, we turn to him, and he heals us. So that's what we're here for this morning, a massive heart healing, liberating freeing, joyful time. So on this path, on this road, on this way, that's what they called the church when it first began, and it was part of the Jewish synagogue and all of the Jewish worship. It was a sect called the way because it was about the way of the Messiah and him now being the resource of everything. So on the way in Jesus, the unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. Aren't you glad of that? If you just can get into Jesus, it just really doesn't matter. He got you. He'll keep you. He'll perfect what he started. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return. So if you... if that says to me that in my journey of discovering Jesus and myself, I will get lost. I will get taken. I will be brought into some forms of captivity. Truth is, I'll tell you how you know what your future is, is where you're stuck. Whatever, it, we were given the name of Jubilee. It was a passion of my heart for freedom because of all the freedom he brought for me out of sin and its demonic structures that I came out of in the 70s. But to become a house of freedom, we had to go into a massive amount of slavery. Not slavery of, of, of sin, but of the law, of learning to try to be righteous, to uh, following after, and captivity. And it's so funny that your name will attract a hell to take you out, but God will allow hell to hold you till he wants to bring you out. And if you, let, if you let God reframe whatever you're in, the next thing you know, you go, hey, I'm really having a hard time financially. I must be called to wealth. I'm having a really difficult time relationally. I must be called to be one who brings reconciliation. 
I'm having a really hard time physically in my body. I must have a healing ministry. Do you understand? And some of us, we're tormented because we heard the Lord say, I'm going to do this with you. And then the world went the opposite direction. And you doubt now, could he possibly? And then it isn't just that the time is so long. Our accuser comes along and says, well, that probably was true, but you you blew it. You lost the opportunity. You made a poor decision. Someone betrayed you. Someone did something so horrific that you'll never recover. And on and on and on until we just get buried in this. But have no fear. Our fearless leader, Jesus Christ, was once buried in hell. And Holy Spirit said, up. Father said, son. And Holy Spirit went, boom. And he came ripping it through. And he didn't need healing, didn't need therapy. (laughs) He was just resurrected. Resurrection has a... In fact, he was so resurrected, the only way God said, let's keep the holes in your hands and the one on your side, okay? Because no one will believe it. You've got to point to something that proves you were dead because you're so not dead now. You are so alive. And that's what's going to happen. And it's happening now. It's the season of the resurrection. So he says, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Which means we're going to have each of us in our journey into perfection, perfection being maturity into the Christ-likeness to look and feel and smell like Jesus. He's the firstborn of many brethren. When he came on Christmas, he was the only begotten son of God. When he rose from the dead and God called him son, this day I've begotten you, he became the firstborn of many brethren. And Romans 8 says that we are being conformed into his image. So we're coming into that same freedom, that same perfection, same completeness. Paul the apostle pursued living in the fullness of resurrection life and in the perfection of Christ. And he was so focused on it, he had to say in Philippians 3, listen, I have not attained this, but I'm after it. I haven't been perfected and I haven't touched that fullness of resurrection life. And I promise you, he wasn't worried was, if I die, will I go to heaven? He wasn't talking about, am I saved? He was talking about my perfection, my completion, the maturity of the church. That we look and smell and taste and, and bring Jesus wherever we are because we are in Jesus and completely free from the stuff that we would have keeps, you know, competing with Jesus. Cammie made it so perfect, our soul. Our soul just wasn't made to go through this resurrection transformation process. It freaks out. It wants to control. It wants to, you know. Well, anyway, you know what your soul does, right? So wherever you are, in whatever prison you find yourself in, whatever delay you've had to live with, whatever struggle you're in, I promise you from within that is that you turn it around, unfold it, reverse it, and that's your calling. Whatever you were spoken to that you went in the opposite direction, that's probably because God wants you, he wants to mark you, and then he wants to keep you until he's ready to pull you forth. And so many of us are ready to just go around. You're just going to change the world and you won't even care. You won't get any identity out of it. You won't need to have anything from it because you got all your identity and all your need is in Jesus. He is so worth it. He is so worth it. I told you the other night, I said, you know, um, better is one day in the house 
than a thousand elsewhere. And I started thinking in my depression, my despair, my captivity, and my just one after another, can't believe this happened, 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 happened. What if I only had, what if I already had my one day? <laughs> Do I get to these, these are my next thousand years? Was that one day worth it? And you really, you really feel that. Or how about this one? I will sing of your love forever. But what if this is my forever? <laughs> will I still sing? You see, so many times we initiate a journey having no idea we're going to go in the opposite direction. But when we come back, there's joy. There's gladness. There's an obtaining of something that can no longer be taken from you because it was already removed once. See, Christ had to die so he could live. We have to die so we can live. And when we die through those journeys, and uh, it's just what happens. There is a resurrection. You think you'll never come out of where you are. You think things will never change. They are going to change. We're in a Kairos moment. Even today, there is an exchange. It all begins inside. Sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Have you ever pined away in loss? Oh, I have. I know what it feels like to, you know, the other thing I didn't bring up was that we spent hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to redirect things and try to take the pressure off of God's stuff so God could have his way. Like he needed to borrow money from me. <laughs> Problem is he didn't borrow money from me. I borrowed money from my house. That's why the door that opened, because you try to, you know, back up, hit it again, back up, hit it again, back up, hit it again. Maybe I didn't do it right. Maybe I prayed a little longer, fasted a little longer, read a little more. Back up, hit it again. Finally, one day, God got my attention. He said, if your faith's not working, try forgiving. Oh, that opened doors. You got to let go. You just got to let go. Forgiveness is not a moral issue. It's a control issue. It's something to which you want to hold something in place till it goes the way you want it to go, and you're not willing to release it until it goes the way it ought to go. Oh, sure, we'll extend the debt. You'll let your husband have another opportunity to be a jerk. Because you know in your heart that one day he's going to be a glorious man of God. And so you just let that debt occur because you know you're going to get payback. I want to hear to tell you that you can love Jesus, have the greatest life in your greatest days of life, and your husband still be a jerk. There, <laughs> there it was. Man. That was well-timed. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It is true. You are, there is nothing in your life that can keep you from the joy, all of the delight, and all of the experience, and all the fulfillment, and all the fullness. And eventually, when you are fully satisfied and fully complete, he will use you to unlock prisoners from the same prison he freed you in. But the prison is first inside. So let me take you to, to uh, Genesis 45. Again, we're going to start at the end, lift up where we started or finished last night. I want to give you your testimony today. This will be every testimony in one form or another. 
This is the end story. This will be our end story. And then Joseph could no longer restrain himself before all those who stood by him. This is the day he reveals himself to his 11 brothers. Genesis 45. Joseph could no longer restrain himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried out, make everyone go out of here, out from me. So all of his servants, all of his, he's now been prime minister for uh, 10 years. Everybody clears the room. And so no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud. And the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. Joseph said to his brothers, please come near me. So they came near. And then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now, Do not, therefore, be grieved or angry with yourselves. Do you know when you're a deliverer, when you can deliver those who tormented you? When you can release those who betrayed you and sold you? When you are the one that understands they were nothing but a hand, of hand, a hand in heaven's plan to position you for God's grand plan, and you can comfort them. Can you? Don't be grieved with yourself. Don't be angry with yourself because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. We're going to change our testimony that every place we are is because God sent me there. Forget the stupidity. Forget the problems of other people. The denial. Oh, nobody recognized how important I am. Of course not. The only person you need to have recognize you're important is God. And as, and as long as you need man to see you, God will hide you. Not ready yet. God sent me here before you to preserve life. Yeah, agreed. He isn't fly as first class always. Sometimes we go through a path we would never go. But Joseph had to go through that path. Joseph was an arrogant, very insecure, fearful, super prophetic, gifted, dreams, but he had to wear special clothes to feel good. And he was used to being favored by his daddy. And he had no problem telling on anybody who he didn't, you know. He, he was not cut for a leader. He was called to be the leader, but not prepared. So God had a school for him. The one you went through, the one we're all going through. But now here we are, 13 years out of the prison. For these two years, or 12 years, nine years, let me just put it nine years. For these two years of famine has been in the land, and there are five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. Verse 7, God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. You see, we cannot be a deliverer unless until we no longer need deliverance. When we cry, get me out of here, we're not ready to bring others out of here. When all of a sudden we realize a prison is my headquarters, 
I can conduct all the business of heaven from where I am. Nobody stops me. No one limits me. No one likes me. God likes me. Nothing's opening up. God's opening heaven. Promises aren't being fulfilled. They are being rehearsed, enjoyed, experienced. The spirit is an unlimited place. The world is a limiting place. I may be on an island called Patmos, locked up because I shouldn't preach. All I did do is get in the spirit. Next thing you know, poof, here comes Jesus. Jesus loves to live in the spirit with his sons and daughters, grace, his bride. And here comes the words. Revelation 21, 21 chapters, John walks through in a progressive experience and a hyperactive prayer moment available to every one of us. And he read, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them, them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Not bad for a man that was locked up by Rome so he couldn't preach anymore. Do you understand? What you think is your limitation is the door of hope. What you think that is stopping you is at best preparing you, but most likely just holding you until time is no longer an issue, until you're no longer concerned, until you're not trying to get out of where you are, but you're letting God come into where you are. If I had advice to a young, any young people in their journey, I would say, don't get out of wherever you are. Just find Jesus there until Jesus is everything there. And once Jesus is everything, you don't need to be there. Everything is to find Jesus. Everything is about Jesus Christ. This whole thing's about Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, we're nothing. We're just a headless body. But with Jesus Christ, we're his bride. And, and there's such possibility. So Joseph learned this, and he's now in this. Remember, he comes out of Pharaoh's out of the dungeon, he's changed his clothes once, he gives advice what we need to do, Pharaoh changes his clothes a second time, gives him, and then gets him married, and the first thing he does is he, his son, he calls him uh, Manessa, amnesia. God has caused me to forget my father's house. Psalm 45, one of the most beautiful intimacy songs of the bridal paradigm with, with, the, with the bridegroom says, forget your father's house, and the Lord, he will greatly desire your beauty. And he said, he's also caused me to forget my pain, my trials, and my toil. So once forgetfulness had been born, Ephraim, which is fruitfulness, could follow. <laughs> Some of you are about ready to come into fruitfulness. You're going to go, well, you know, it's way beyond, way beyond. So watch this. So now it was not you, verse 8, who sent me here, <laughs> but God, he has made me a father to Pharaoh 
and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go to my father and say to him, thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not tarry. Not bad for a slave. Not bad for a prisoner a few years back. Father to Pharaoh, calling forth nations, redirecting finances, not bad. But he never would have been any of that. And his gifting would have only taken him to a portion of life where now he's stepping into the full spectrum. Hurry, you shall dwell in my, you shall hurry and go up to my father. I said that. Verse 10, you shall dwell in the land of Goshen. You shall be near to me and your children and your children's children, your flocks and your herds and all that you have. There I will provide for you, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty. For there are still five years of famine. And behold, your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth. It speaks to you. He's, can you imagine when you're having to convince people that it was really you that they're now seeing? When all they knew of you and your trauma, you know, <laughs> all they knew in your fear or your dejection, you know, shoulders in, I don't want to do this anymore. And all of a sudden you go, look, look, it's my mouth, still my mouth, still my eyes. So you shall tell my father of my glory in Egypt and all that you've seen, and you shall hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. Benjamin wept on his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brothers, wept over them, and after that, his brothers talked with him. I did this in that book called Save Your Seed. I did a bunch of little chapters on this reintroduction of Joseph to his brothers and how Joseph had been so transformed that his love was no longer at all connected to the, the, the past and it was all connected to the future and how they couldn't, never really did make the transition. When Joseph died, or when their dad died, they thought Joseph would now kill him. They never, they never allowed freedom to come and fully take over and transform the relationship. They still saw themselves as the betrayers. Jesus, Joseph didn't see him as betrayers. He saw him, you're my, you're my way in. If you're God, I got to thank you. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Imagine what that's going to feel like. So the report was heard in Pharaoh's house saying, Joseph, I got one, little more, one more piece to see. You, you wanna, I want you to see this. Now the report was heard in Pharaoh's house saying, Joseph's brothers have come. Well, so it pleased Pharaoh and his servants well. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, say to your brothers, do this, load your animals and depart and go to the land of Canaan. Bring your father and your household and come to me. Now we can let some imagery come of Jesus, us and the church coming forth and father's house being broad and open for us to enter in and being beckoned to come and live in our father's house rather than as slaves inside our father's house, like an elder brother or as the rebellious trying to find life outside of the house as the younger brother. He said, I will give you the best of the land. 
You'd have to take what you've lost, and the only compensation for all of your loss will be in the portion of Jesus you get to enjoy, the fullness of Jesus Christ, the access that you'll have, the authority you'll have, the movement. That's why before you can move in the earth to release life, you have to get good at moving in heaven and enjoying life. You have to become convinced that you're accepted in the beloved all the time because of what he did. He's ex- your access is always granted. Your peace is always yours. Joy is always yours. And you just practice it. You practice it. You come out. You wake up into the day it was given to you. Ah, same day I had yesterday. But you learn to go, well, no, no, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not going to stay in that day. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. He is, my, he is my peace. He is my happiness. He is my fulfillment. The promises of God are yes and amen can be experienced in the presence of God. I can have an encounter like John had on Al Patmos. I can go into the spirit. You, do, you take your time and recalibrate yourself back to truth. And truth now defines you, not the reality. The reality is where the, they might find you, but truth is what defines me. You may find me pushing a stroller. Well, they don't push strollers anymore. They're too big. But I still wander, I still walk, and I listen. And I learn things I could never have learned had I not pushed a stroller for three years. Have I not been so restrained so that all of my giftings and talents couldn't get me out of where I was and finally just settled in and found God? I remember telling the Lord, I said, I'd push a rock up a street three hours a day to enjoy you as I'm enjoying you. You know, they said it is said of Watchman Nee when he was in the Chinese prison. It was forbidden to pray, forbidden to have conversation with God, talk to anybody, except the only time he had freedom to be was that he had to go clean the latrine, the toilet. And it was nothing like any of the ones we see. It was so horrific that the guards would back away while they left him alone to do his duty. And he would write, this was my place. This was my secret place. My place of intimacy and beauty and defining life. Because others couldn't enter in, he could enter fully in. Oh, we're going to carry that. You already do carry it. Today is my my day to unlock it for you or point the door where you can start to walk it through. Because... The losses have gained, grown and opened a door of access. Access has been given because of your position before heaven in Christ Jesus. And it's about to begin to be enjoyed. So listen, this, this, I haven't got to the best part. Now, you are commanded, do this. Take carts out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and your wives and bring your father and come. Verse 20. Also, do not be concerned about your goods, your stuff, for the best of the land of Egypt is yours. I see more believers, the best. I see more believers pining away in their loss, unwilling to release what didn't happen, not able to forgive those who betrayed him, Still holding promises. I did it all. I, I wrote book. I, I wrote. Oh. I got. Only reason I have all this authority is because I did it all wrong. The only reason I did it all wrong was because that was me 
trying to be Jesus or respond as I thought Jesus wanted me to respond. It was flesh. It was soul. It was, uh, there's got to be a way to work this out. But after you finally exhaust all that, then you realize, well, that was stupid. That was unnecessary, but necessary. You see, everything that you wished hadn't happened one day, you're going to thank God it happened. Everything that ever went wrong for you, you're going to thank God it went wrong because it went right because it went wrong. You're going to realize you are, you're, you're, your destiny is hand-tailored. It's been watched over all along. You've never lost your place. You got lost, but God never got lost. And, and we, will, we will begin to begin to speak to the world that's now very lost. Come. Come into the Father's house. Come and discover peace. Come walk into his joy. Let his righteousness sustain us. Let us not try to fix things with each other. Let us start to forgive each other. And love will abound and things will happen. And it won't be like, I've got to love people. Because uh, I'm supposed to. It'll be, I can't help but love you. I can't help but love you because I see Jesus in you. You can't hurt me anyway, so we're free. When you're dead, you can't be hurt. So... How does that work? God is redeeming sons, not stuff. Some of us, I was, I had a, a vision and I saw it in almost real life at Heathrow this week. I was in the queue to go through customs and it was a labyrinth. It was like kind of going, it, like, it seemed like it was going into a circle upon circle and it was like it was, everybody was just standing there. And everybody had suitcases, but they had even more than suitcases. It was like their whole belongings were with them. And they all had these forms, and it would say, yep, a declaration for me. I had to declare this, declare that. And you know, people were just busily, you know. And you know how have you ever been in, a, in the queue with, at an airport where somebody has more luggage than they really should have brought? Like one time I had to take a surfboard to Costa Rica. My daughter was an exchange student and she wanted her surfboard. And I said, oh yeah, we're, we're going to go to Peru, so we'll do that. It was a nine-foot surfboard. And I had a case in it. And I'm standing in line. Half, you know, four and a half feet is in front of me. Four and a half feet is behind me. I'm aware that I have four and a half feet. And I go to turn and I just take three people out. So everybody's got all this stuff. And, and, and to somebody else, you look at it and go, that's junk. But they were, no, no, no. There's a story behind this. There's a story behind that. This is when I almost had the revival. This is when I was going to pastor church and they denied it. This is when my business was going to take off and somebody stole my idea and I lost everything. This is when my marriage fell apart because I, I it was like this. And, and, but, but God's promised redemption for all of this. All oh, this and I had my stuff, and we we're all standing there, and the lines is not moving. It's just like, I feel like ages going by. Finally, a man came out behind one of the uh, custom booths, and he beckoned to me. He said, come over here. I thought, wow, what's this? And he's, I, I came over, and he said, you can come go right out if you'll sign this waiver. I so said, what does it say? He says, all you have to do is relinquish all rights to anything and everything. You just have to release it all. I looked around, thought, I'm going. I'm leaving all that stuff there. Just sitting in the line. I just 
signed the paper, walked through the booth, and literally came into a heavenly realm that I realized I wouldn't even need that stuff there. You see, that's what he's saying. That's what Pharaoh's saying. Leave your stuff because I got better stuff. Do you understand? God's got better stuff for us, better futures, better relations, better opportunities. But it all starts with Jesus being the sufficiency. He is the all in all. Whenever Jesus becomes all for me, then all that was bothering me has no power over me. He takes the place. And it literally is. He is my husband. He is my redeemer. Cammie loves Jesus more than she loves me. I love Jesus more than she loves I love her. I can't, she cannot be Jesus for me. I cannot be Jesus for her. And it goes all the way into every relationship. And we release each other and we enjoy him. There's a precious moment right now coming in. Holy Spirit, I feel him and the angels. And they're all bringing a bunch of sneakers in. We're going to start in the most central place of kingdom. We love kingdom. We're kingdom people. But we often forget what is the kingdom of God anyway. Paul, thank God, said it was righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we're all going to step inside the kingdom, and within the kingdom is righteousness. It's made right. Everything's made right by the Holy Spirit. You, not because he fixed it. He just fixates our vision on Jesus, and we know that Jesus is Lord of everything, and all things are made right because of him, and I am forgiven forever with him, and I'm justified forever in him, and I'm glorified with him when he returns, and in every appearance, I appear with him. And so righteousness begins to become... The, the robe I wear, the clothes I wear. Peace is the sense that I'm safe, I'm protected, I've been made secure. It's prosperity in every form and every way. Safety in mind, body, and estate, security, rest, becomes a guard against over my mind and then over my heart. It settles me from all worry. What does it matter? What happens? Everything's going to happen. Who cares? Jesus is Lord. He's got it. He'll be there. He'll show up. He'll win. He always wins. Things will turn more to him and less to me. He'll be more responsible. I'll be less responsible. But yet I get to partner as a joint heir, doing what he says because I believe what he says. I've learned what he says is true. Oh, peace. Burdens fall, fear leaves, worry, worry, worry. And then there's joy. Joy like a fountain. Springing up eternal life. Cheering up. Light shining in the darkness. Salvation being drank and enjoyed. Living water, living water, living water. Drinking living water, living water, springing up within as a fountain, bubbling up into heavenly experiences. Rivers flowing to bring life to others. He's here. Holy Spirit's about is bringing kingdom into us and us into kingdom. There's only one condition. You've got to sign the waiver. 
You have to release who's hurt you, who's offended you, who's betrayed you. You have to be willing to let go of the storyline you carry, the testimony. You can't stay, you'll stay in prison forever as long as you are a Hebrew who shouldn't be here. A Christian that was done wrong. An anointed man that was passed over. Whatever that storyline is, as long as that's your storyline, you get to stay here. Hold your stuff, fill out the forms, stand in line. But if you can let go, go, well, I don't know. I can't understand. Some really bad stuff's happened to the people in this room. Some really horrific things. But even the most horrific can turn into terrific once Jesus turns it around, does his stuff on it, takes a slavery, makes you into a deliverer, takes the yuck, and he makes it into yay. Takes the funk, makes it fun. He just starts to shift things. Ashes to beauty. Come on. Come on. No, listen. You do not have a right to stay here unless you choose to. And nothing that's keeping you can keep you here unless you allow it. But if you will, there's a door. You sign the waiver. I forgive anyone of anything that I have against them. I forgive God, myself. I release others. I release, I let it go. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4th chapter, about 7th verse, it, 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 we are, for Christ's sake, we are delivered to death daily that the life of Christ might be manifest in our mortal flesh. That's not just like, you know, poetic junk. It's true. The word delivered is betrayed. Nobody goes into death willingly. You have to be, a door has to open that you get delivered into it. And then you're going, <gasps> and you first try to get out of it. And then you realize, I can't get out of it. Then you have to go, Jesus, where are you? I'm supposed to find you here. I'm supposed to enjoy you here. I'm going to go be with you. This is a door into you. And you lose the picture of what you lost. You lose the picture of what's being taken from you, what's being denied you, what's happened to you, what you're feeling, all that trauma, oh, trauma, trauma, trauma. Why do you think he's going to spend all that time wiping our tears away? We're just a bunch of traumatized people. Let's be honest. Dear God, if, if, would any of us done what we did if we knew it would happen after we said yes? Yeah, we still would have because we just love Jesus. He has a way with us, doesn't he? Come on, follow me. It's good. I'm not going to tell you how I'm going to kill you. Just follow me. It's none of your business. You follow me. I don't care. If you, not about fairness. So Johnny gets to stay alive all the time. Who cares? Follow me. See, that's what he said to us. This is not about believing in Jesus. That is the door in. It's about following Jesus. That's the way out. And why die here? Why stay in the place we're in when we can go into the place he is? <laughs> There'd be visions, there'd be dreams, there'd be experiences, there'd be healings, there'd be liberation, there'd be transformation. You guys are going to carry, we are the chosen, we are the chosen. The chosen is the, is the last step. The called, the chosen, and then comes the faithful. That's who rides with Jesus on his return. We're already halfway, two-thirds in the way in. So, how are you doing this, Lord?
Will you just worship with me for a moment? Just feel there's something very personal going on in our hearts that God wants to address in our own lives. Lord, we worship you, Jesus. Jesus, you're the only one that can require of us to release others because you've released all. You're the only one that can demand us to forgive our betrayers because you forgave all. Jesus, we look to you right now. Jesus. We look to you, Jesus. He's coming into the very place of your... Invite him in to where you are hurting the most. Invite him in to where you are locked up in the most unimaginable malaise, mess, fear, or discouragement, depression, anger, regret, sin, captivity, doesn't matter. Fight him in. Because he's already he's already there. Jesus would remind us that as he said to Peter, this is the death by which you will glorify me. Death is not a friend, it's an enemy, and it will be swallowed up finally in victory. But as long as we are afraid of it, we'll never be have authority over it. Whew. This is the death by which you are glorifying Jesus Christ to step into the glory of his resurrection life. Not for your benefit, but for freedom. We're returning to the master storyteller, Jesus, as he re-explains, thus it is written, thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer. And we will learn that thus it is written, thus it was necessary for our life to walk through this path to discover the glory. Flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God. No flesh will glory in his presence. So all that stuff just kind of goes through whatever it goes through to get us where we can be giving Jesus everything. 
just begin to forgive, to release. If, if you can, if you could say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you my life. I return my life back to you and your sovereign oversight and my personal pursuit, and they are one. I declare that you are Lord over every place I've become a captive and every place that I have lost my way. You have not lost me, and I am not a captive in Christ. Rather than try to get out of where I am or regret where I've become, I now find you. I find you. The Lord would say, will you forgive those who have wronged you? Would you release those who stole from you? Would you give back to me joy? It's coming. It's coming. The redeemed of the Lord, the ransomed of the Lord. He, he says, but you've got to, here's the deal. You leave where you are and you don't bring anything with you. Leave your stuff. There's better stuff where I'm taking you. Let it go. The pastor doesn't owe you anything. Your wife doesn't owe you anything. Your husband doesn't owe you anything. The government doesn't owe you anything. The church members don't owe you anything. Your betrayer doesn't owe you anything. They were only a pawn in the hand of God to lead you where you are, to discover the Lord Jesus Christ so that you too can be a deliverer in the world you live in. You're free. I'm free. We're free. Yes, it's a process of, of returning to that truth until one day that truth just grabs you and says, come on, let's go. And all of a sudden, forget that one. I don't need that person. I release them. I love them. Thank you. You know when you're free is when you can thank God for what you just went through. Mm, so why don't we try it? Lord, thank you. <laughs> thank you for the journey I've been walking with you in. Thank you for the ups and downs, the ins and outs, the losses, the gains, the confusion, the fear, the anger, the hostilities. Thank you for the betrayals. Thank you for the delays. Thank you. Thank you that you're so powerful that you orchestrate a journey for each of us to be free from ourselves and free in Christ completely.
All your promises are yes and amen. All your promises are yes and amen. Faithful. Faithful you are. Promises are yes and amen. All your promises, all your promises are yes and amen. All your promises, God, all your promises are yes and amen. All your promises, all your promises are yes and amen. I'm having a vision. I'm having a vision of what we're in the middle of right now. Jesus is appearing to us each in our own prison cell where we have found ourselves. We're well comfortable, familiar, but we hate it. And he's handed those documents, signed us to come out. And we're going, okay, yeah, I'm in. I'm out. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't know how to. And, you're, and, you're, and there's this moment, you're looking at all your stuff and you're going, ah, I don't want to take that. Now, you're right. Why would I want to take it? And before, you, before we step out, the Lord says, here, I want you to put this on. The dingy garment we've been wearing that is soiled because of our efforts and struggles that we've been in. And he says, here. And the angel comes and he takes it off. And he puts on a robe of righteousness, a bridal, bridal, beautiful gown of joy and peace and all of the robing of God, just like Joseph coming out, changing of garments. There's a clothing, there's a changing of garments like Joshua the high priest. New turban, new thought life. Future looks different now. Promises are still intact, but they have been reinterpreted in that you release your interpretation of them. They can go back to Christ's ownership and he's going to bring them all to pass but you don't know how he's going to do it and you don't care anymore. It's just freedom again. And then he gives these tennis shoes. He says, here, you're going to wear these now. Tennis shoes, the, the, the righteous feet of peace and joy and delight. And he says, come, let's go. And the first thing we see as we step out of this dingy cell is that we are well-dressed for this new place. 
We're fitted. We fit well in the new light and the brightness and the joy and the peace and the delightfulness. And it's just like, oh, wow. And it really is the ransomed of the Lord returning with singing and joy and gladness on our heads and sorrow and sighing. It's just fleeing, literally. Would you stand up with me? It's easier for the angels to change your clothes if you're standing up. <laughs> These are my happy socks. Beetles, the yellow submarine. Hands up. It's easier to take your shirt off. Remember, parents. Lord, we ask you to reclothe us now with the righteousness of Jesus Christ, independent of anything that anyone's done or we've ever done, all dependent on what Jesus Christ has done. We receive the robes of righteousness. Whoa. All shame, all blame, all sin, all condemnation, anything, everything that's ever attached itself to us, come off in Jesus' name. You are no longer welcomed. We're not carrying you, keeping you, nursing you. We're not going to nurse a grudge. We don't need a grudge to be nursed. Get off of me in Jesus' name. Loose me. I am a son of the Most High God, called into destiny, and I'm leaving my prison right now. Right now. Off. Those critters sometimes want to follow. You just tell them, flee in Jesus' name. Get out of here. Depression, discouragement, pain. Oh, shut up, And the helmet of salvation, that new hope, 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 hope. Vision, 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 dreams, breaking news is placed on our head. Put your hand on your head and just say, all right, rewire, renew, rethink, redo, repent, repent. New thoughts, old thoughts return that were God. Bad thoughts go away. No more, no more, no more. My mind is not a stronghold for hell. It is under the helmet of Christ's salvation. And here comes the gospel of peace tennis shoes. Lord, my steps are ordered by you, and every place I walk will be given to me for you. And every place you've taken me is mine now. See, I forgot to tell you that everything you went through, you now have authority over. And everybody who hurts you are going to be saved and healed and delivered. The family of God is coming into a whole new liberation. They're all coming in. They're all coming in. They're all coming in. They're all coming in. Brothers and sisters. Now let's sing again. Just let the glory. There's visions coming into the house of God right now. New dreams. It's a new garment of praise. Yeah. It's a new garment of praise for you. It's a new garment of praise. And all the promises are yes and amen. Oh, come on, let's sing. All your promises are yes and amen. I receive 
were held in is no longer it's now become a door of liberation thousands find their way through the door of your freedom it is no longer the regret of life it is salvation without regret no regrets and others who have been separated now finding access forgiveness is running rampant it's taking over everybody the joy of the Lord. It's no longer you came out into a new place, but the new place is taking over everything. Can you see it? Can you, can you see the power of God's kingdom invading earth through his sons and daughters who he placed in the pit of hell so that he could take hell for himself? He's doing it right now, right now. I'm gonna ask the, the ministry team of our, our team that came up and anyone else that's a part of the ministry team to be here for to a lot of times things these moments like i said it is a, a for a kairos door that we're walking in and for years i would fall in and out of the door but i know once you know where the door is you can always return once you realize hey i'm back in my old funk i don't know what to think Just, you know where the door is release everybody give god the access to everything come back into the favor and pleasure and let him oh let him satisfy you satiate your soul let him heal you deliver you redeem you let him clothe you and make you rich and well blessed in heavenly places let him sit you redeem you oh a ridiculous love that's inside heaven So as we begin just singing one more time, if you want to come, you know, there's just, sometimes it's just agreement, that point of contact that, yeah, from this day I release and this day I'm going to enter in. Come on up. Come and receive. Come and receive. And let us just... You got your sneakers on? Got your new clothes on? Got the helmet on? You released everybody? going into the future. God will never let it be denied. Everything he promised, he must perform. You're just going to sign the waiver, exchange a moment. Yeah! Thank you for listening to this message. For more information, you can call us on 0300 777 2223 or visit theprayerfoundation.org.